Oh, friends, welcome to the ATC Double Cut. I'm Micah Woods, and we are going to talk about some turf grass education here. I have two special guests. This is a really special ATC Double Cut. We have Sammy Strutt, the Chief Operating Officer from BIGA, and also Deb Burnett, the Learning and Development Executive for BIGA. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Morning. Thank you. Yeah, good good morning. It's uh, afternoon here in Thailand. And for anybody who doesn't know, BIGA is the British and International Golf Greenkeepers Association. And this is, I, I've got my BIGA tie on today, which uh, uh, BIGA members, I think, will recognize that. At, is, is this tie still given out to new members? It is, yes. You're yeah. looking very smart this morning. <laughs> thank, thank you very much, Sammy. Um, so... Sammy, you have been the chief operating officer for a few years now? Yeah, for about two years. And prior to that, I remember you were involved with putting together the Continue to Learn program because I corresponded with you when I spoke in 2018. That's right, yeah. So um, I've been with Bigger nearly 31 years. And uh, for the vast majority of that, I've worked within the education and training and learning and development team. And uh, it was my responsibility for many years to put together the Continue to Learn Education program um, that's held at BTME in January every year in Harrogate. Um, it's, uh, it's now a bit of a beast of a, of a program, um, but it started off very small. And uh, but we've always had some uh, been lucky enough to have some real heavy hitters come over and speak, speak at the conference. And uh, yeah, you were with us in 2018, which was, which was fantastic. We uh, we rolled you out across the program and made you work hard for the for the time that you were there. Yes, I, I remember that. I have fond memories of it. And in fact, uh, with this being the ATC double cut, I usually give a, uh, a double cut treatment to one of the blog posts. And I am going to mention that uh, it's a blog post that I'll show in a little bit called my four presentations at BTME, um, which is from 2018. But I, I was very curious to learn more about how the education program is put together. And so I contacted you and you said, actually, that's not really your role at the moment. You said it's Deb Burnett who does that. And uh, so Deb, thank, thanks for joining us on the show. So you're the learning and development executive. Yes. And so now you're in charge of the entire education programmed through the year and it continued to learn is that right uh, pretty much yes it takes a, a pretty much a year to put the program together it's a rolling process that never really ends uh so yes i look after the program i've taken it over from sammy very big shoes to fill which everybody always reminds me so no pressure um, <laughs> yeah it's great really enjoy doing it um i've worked in learning and development since i started at big nearly 10 years ago and i've worked with sammy for that whole time so we've been working together on the program for the last 10 years, but the last two years I've been looking after it. So it's good. Well, very good. Uh, I am going to try to rearrange my screen and do that double cut uh, treatment. Uh, let's see. If we do like this and then do like this, I can bring up on the screen that... Uh, post the my four presentations at btme and that shows a snowy picture from harrogate in yorkshire uh and it is a wonderful it's almost a, it's a resort town it's a spa town isn't it yeah it's um harrogate is um is a spa town it's famously known as being the town that agatha christie was found when she ran away the um the crime writer uh, that she uh, disappeared and was found at the old Swan Hotel in Harrogate. Um, but Harrogate has always been known for uh, what they would say in the UK is taking the water. So um, Harrogate is on a lot of um, sulfur springs and uh, natural springs. Um, Harrogate Spring Water is, uh, is an international brand um, that you may see when you're flying. It's often given out on some of the airlines, especially British Airlines. Um, but uh, it's a small town, but has a very large conference center and um, supports, uh, supports a lot of uh, restaurants, bars and hotels in uh, around the town. Um, 
it's it's actually the Harrogate Convention Centre is actually right outside my window. I live right opposite the convention centre, so uh, so it's a little strange um, for one week in January when uh, all I do is walk across the street to go to to go to work, and uh, and you look out the window and you see hundreds of people that you know walking past the window. It's very it's it's a very strange uh, strange sensation for uh, for one week of the year. Well, I, um, I I did not know that I. I did not know you lived in Harrogate. <laughs> wow. yes, well, you know, I've I've lived in lived in various different places, but uh, I actually grew up in Harrogate, and uh, uh, this is I class this really as my hometown. Um, so yes, we've uh, my husband and I've had a property here for uh, for over twenty years. So oh, wow, uh, yeah. That- yeah, we literally look out, look out the window, and uh, Harrogate Convention Centre is right there. What, what a great town to live in! I, I visited twice. I think I went to, uh, I went to BTME in two thousand seven, I believe. I think I went in two thousand seven for the first time, and then I was back in two thousand eighteen, and I feel like. Uh, I'm about due to go again. Uh, it's such a wonderful event. How often does it snow there in January during uh, BTME? Is it is it common to have pretty, snow? Pretty much. I think in all of the BTMEs I have worked, we have had at least one snowflake fall every year. Every Ooh. year. So, um, but uh, it's, uh, you know, that's what you can see on that picture that you've got there. Yeah, that's, you know, about about average. Um, we're, we're having a cold snap at the moment. There's a bit of snow down in the southwest of the country at the moment. But um, we might get away with it this year. You never know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems like there's uh, a lot of warming going on and not as much cold in, certainly in the south of England as there used to be. But uh yeah, you get up in into Yorkshire, and it can still be cold. So, um, I, I was reviewing what I did in 2018, and I actually gave uh, workshops and presentations four different ones. One was like a six-hour seminar or workshop about uh, the grammar of greenkeeping, and I covered some of the key chapters from from that philosophy from a short book that I've written called "The Short Grammar of Greenkeeping." And then I did one presentation in in that big uh, auditorium with a lot of people, and that was a different kind of event. And that was about green speed. And what that's like the conference, right? Because I, I I was looking on the website, and there's a conference, there's classes, and there's seminars. And I want yeah. to talk a little bit about how those are are different. Yeah. Do you want to run through that, Deb? Yeah, certainly. So now we have the three mainstreams, conference classes and seminars. Classes are typically three to six hours long and focus on one subject. So they're usually held in the Queen Suite and they could be on anything from mental health through to agronomy. Um, they've got lots of irrigation, lots of different topics. So those are generally held um, Sunday to Wednesday. We have the conference, which is now a two-day conference, which is held on the Monday and the Tuesday. And sessions at the conference are typically 40 to 60 minutes long, uh, and they tend to be on a certain topic. So we have a variety of different speakers coming in to do two different rooms, talking concurrently, and um, our delegates can choose which session they attend. And then we have the seminars, which are held by our and those are on the Tuesday and the Wednesday, so those are on the show days. So continue to learn starts a couple of days before BTME, continue to learn education. BTME is a trade show and um, continue to learn on Sunday to Wednesday, BTME is Tuesday to Thursday. So Thursday is the only day we don't have any education on. Uh, we like to provide something for everyone and uh, a number of different price points. So your gateway to education really is the free seminars. So so the seminars are all free? You just have to yeah. register for them? don't even have to register. You just register for the show, turn up, and then look at the program. And if you see something you fancy, 
you go into the seminar theatre in Hall 4 and um, put some headphones on and then you're off and away. Okay, so you need the headphones because you're in a conference hall with a lot of excited people having conversations about buying new tractors and new T-markers and and the latest uh, leather jacket control options and and that sort of thing. Yeah, we do have um, a wall up between the seminar theatre and the, the show floor, but there is a little bit, you can hear it a little bit. So we have everybody with headphones on. And then the speakers at the front have got the microphones, so everybody can hear everything. So th- this, I guess this is probably the second largest turfgrass education conference in the world in terms of number of hours of education offered in one event. Yes. Is, and uh, so number one would be the GCSAA conference and show in the United States. And yeah. then continue to learn would be the second. Yes, that's correct. And yeah, it seems like the set, it see, I don't know who would be third. Uh, I'm not sure anything that has, you've got classes going on at the same time that you have concurrent conference going on also. So, so people could choose from there. There's a lot of things that you could choose for any particular time uh, during continue to learn. There is, yes. And we've also got, we try to make sure that we've got enough education on, so it doesn't matter what stage you are at in your career, there's still something for you to attend. So we have an event called the Young Greenkeepers Conference, which isn't just for young greenkeepers, it's for anybody who's new to the industry. So uh, we recommend anybody who's been in the industry less than two years would be good to attend that, uh, all the way through to what used to be classed as a Turf Managers Conference, but it's now the bigger conference. And there's something for everyone, really. There's basic uh, irrigation repairs. There's um, a grinding workshop at the Bernard Academy, which obviously we'll talk about shortly, I imagine. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, we cover everything. So there's mechanics, um, turf equipment technicians, course managers, deputies, apprentices. There's something for everyone. Yes, I, I... I took a quick look at the program for this year and I can see there's just a range of topics and, and I wonder how you choose those topics. Is there a, uh, I, cause I see, I'm a member of Biga and I received some emails through the year, uh, either inviting me to submit, a, a education, uh, proposal or, or, a, a, a topic proposal that I would deliver and then I also receive emails asking me to vote as a member on on which topics or which uh, yeah. which types of things I'd be interested in learning. And, and can you can you tell me a little bit about how the program gets put together, just in terms of deciding what's going to be presented? Yes, yeah, certainly. So the first stage in the process is what we call proposal to present. So an email goes out to all the speakers we have on our database. We also give out leaflets at BTME. We take them over to the GIS show and put them on social media. So anybody who's speaking to the industry can submit proposals to present. And they say whether they'd like to present a class, a seminar, a workshop, a, a conference session, how long the sessions would be, the title, and a synopsis of um, the learning outcomes. So once those are all in, I then create a survey which goes out to our members because we are a member association and it's important to us that the education program contains topics that our members would like to see and would like to hear about and learn about so the title of all the sessions is then submitted to our membership who vote uh, yes if they find that topic interesting uh, once that's come back in um the process can only be described as witchcraft. It's a bit fiddly once the once the votes come back in, uh, trying to figure out which ones are the most popular because it's not just overall which ones are popular. It's also um, who they're suitable for because, like I said, we need to make sure there's something for everyone. So we don't want to just put on 
topics that will only suit course managers. So you've got to look at who the audience is for the topics as well. And then the topics and the sessions with the highest votes generally will get put on the programme. And then after quite a lot of um, sealing and throwing, our programme's produced, which we still have as a paper brochure because that, that's what our members want. And it also goes online on our website and on our bigger app, mobile phone app. So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's I a saw... long process, but it's good. <laughs> I saw that there's an app too, so that that's useful yeah. when you go to these kind of conferences. Now, is is uh is the continue to learn app together with BTME, so people can go say if I'm looking for the Bernhard stand or if I'm looking for a particular uh, John yeah. Deere stand or something, I can find that. Yeah, you can access everything on the app, and if you booked into any continue to learn sessions, it will actually schedule them into a little calendar for you, so you can see where you are, where you should be at what time. Okay. everything that you need from the bigger app. I think one of the things to add, Micah, is um, we use um, a piece of online software um, to help with the uh, scheduling of um, BTME, uh, of Continue to Learn. Um, as you've been hearing, you know, there, there are a lot of um, different streams running at the same time. And at any one time, we can have probably between 50 and 20, uh, 15 and 20 events happening at the same time. Um, so scheduling and making sure that we've got room availability, the speakers aren't being double booked, um, we've got staff, we've got all of the resources that were required to run those workshops or uh, to run the classes and the conference. Um, we keep track of that in a piece of software uh, called Lineup Ninja, um, which is an amazing piece of software um, created by a couple of guys um, in uh, local to here in Leeds, actually. Um, and it's basically, it's, it's an online post-it sticky board um is a, is a good way to explain it and you can you can move your you can move your post-its and you can um color code them so we have different colors for different streams of education and uh, you can put labels on it and to identify who it's for and 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 what resources you require for it um it's it's really is a fantastic um piece of software that that we use um, that is online so we can all access it and look at it when we need to. It's very valuable as well because it shows you when you've got, if you've got any clashes. So you just get everything ready and you think, oh, that's a great program. And then you realize that you've got one speaker speaking in two locations at the same time at different topics. <laughs> so you then got to sort of move everything about then. So it's um, Ninja's brilliant because it does actually tell you when you've got clashes and as Sammy says, it makes sure you've got all the room and resources and you've not um, we We use that as well for um, the proposal to present. So all of the proposals come into that and uh, and then that then enables um, the the system to uh, to send out automatic responses saying thank you very much for submitting we'll be in touch um, and then it allows you when uh, if a certain um, proposal is selected then that automatically populates into the the live program so to speak so it's uh, it's really really brilliant piece of um, of software that that has been created and it came out of an event organizer doing what we used to do which was we used to have sheets of paper with post-it notes literally sticking post-it notes on on bits of paper representing rooms um which we still do um we still do that um but uh, but uh, lineup ninja pulls it all together and and then enables us to uh, print out um the the schedules and to provide all of the information to our designer to get everything into into the brochure, um, so it's used for multiple multiple things. Wow, that's that is good to know. I I will have a look at that. Uh, I I don't do anything that's large like that, but if I would in the future, uh, yeah. it's good to know how that is done. Now I wonder how many people typically come to continue to learn. How many people come to BTME? How many people do both? 
And how many people would just do only BTME or or only continue to learn? How do you have a answer for that? And who who should I ask that question to? I think I'm just coming. <laughs> yeah, I think we can we can kind of do um, uh, maybe some general answers to that. So we have um, we generally have uh, about six thousand people through the exhibition doors. Um, so that can, that varies year on year. So we can go from anything from five thousand to to just over six. Um, that come to the exhibition now within continue to learn um we may have individual bookings or from around about hmm, 700 six seven hundred people but they will attend multiple events um so because they're attending multiple events we will uh, count them as bums on seats basically for each for each class so we get over three thousand bums on seats um across the across the education piece and that includes the free seminars um which uh, as deb uh, mentioned are um free to anybody visiting anybody visiting the trade show um those those seminars really are the what we term as the the gateway into education for a lot of people they'll come to the show they'll get the they'll get the opportunity to come to the show when they are um uh, new or early on in their career um uh, as a greenkeeper and they'll come to btme and um they'll they might pop into to one or two of the seminars that they're interested in um and then they they kind of start to get the taste for it they'll attend regional regional events that we run throughout the year and um those once they get the bug that greenkeeping is actually going to be my career then education very quickly follows um and then they they kind of gateway into this massive continuous learn education program which they can which they can then access and um select from it's i mean it's highly highly um sought after some of the classes that we run i think the first class was sold out within the first two weeks of the program going live um, and I think within three or four weeks, we'd sold sold out three or four of the classes that, that we run. Our classes are small um, in, in comparison to um, what you might see at other trade shows. Um, we have some classes that have only got eight people in them. So and that will be for a full day. So you're, you're, you're almost getting one-on-one -on -one -on -one training from these, uh, these real professional expert trainers. Um, and our class size goes up to, I think our biggest class is 50. Um, but in that room, you've got two or three uh, trainers in that room uh, working, working with everybody um, to ensure that the education is, uh, is is really positive experience for them. They're getting something from it. You've experienced it, Mike, as a teacher. You know, we we don't overfill the rooms um, because we want everybody to get a really good experience when they come. So I've kind of gone a bit slightly off, off subject there um, on people coming actually coming to the trade show. Um, so you will get people that will that will only come to btme they won't do any education at all they will just purely come and look at the exhibition halls um, and all of our fabulous exhibitors and then you get those that come for education and the trade show um, there are a small minority that will just come on sunday and monday and only do education um, but the majority will stay to visit the trade show as well yeah I I would think that would be a very small minority uh, because the, the trade show is so good. And even if, I mean, I remember when I was there in 2018, uh, I think I was there for all of continue to learn and the first uh, day and a half of the trade show or something. And I couldn't, uh, I didn't get through all the trade show because because I mean, you could if you if you put blinders on, if you refuse to talk anybody, if you refuse to look at any of the exhibitors, you you can walk through it. It it's not like like you're walking, uh, you know, twenty miles or something. But w what happens is you meet interesting people, you meet old friends, and there's 
a lot of innovation, new products and stuff. And so, you know, for, for me, and I think for most people who attend, they, they tend to go through it very slowly. So uh, it does take a, some time to do that. So it's a pity, like if you would just completely skip that, I don't know why, why you would maybe, maybe because they have obligations that week. I think so. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the teams, um, the greenkeeping teams, um, because because uh, BTME is so um, is such a highlight in the greenkeeping calendar that um, some teams try to make sure that everybody gets the opportunity to attend. And some years that means that they only get to go to education because they have to go back to their club so that the other people can then travel and come up to come to Harrogate um, to be able to um, have their Harrogate experience as well. So um, the, if they if they only have education one year, you can be rest assured that they're trying to uh, to get to the trade show the next year. So yeah, I I I understand how that would go. Um, I got another question. Uh, maybe for Deb about the the evaluations. Uh, so some of the topics you might do year after year, and some of them might, or, or a particular speaker might bomb, and and uh, and you say, well, this wasn't so well received. Whether it's the topic or the speaker just couldn't communicate well. So I know that there were evaluations when I was there. You must do evaluations through the app or, or something. Can you describe to me uh, how, how do you do that kind of evaluation so that you Absolutely. can assess what just happened and how people received the education? Absolutely. I mean, the feedback is a massive part of it because uh, we always are looking to improve. So somebody could say that was the best continue to learn I've ever been to, but we always look for that 1% just for that bit extra that we can make it a little bit better each year so we um we now use uh, electronic feedback forms and delegates are emailed a link to the feedback form the evaluation after they've completed the class of conference or the seminar and it's the same questions throughout so we can compare like for like um, and the delegates are asked a number of questions about how they rated the speaker, the topic, the venue, everything to do with that session, regardless of what type of session it is. And if there's got any other comments that you want to make or anything else they would like to get further. And we go through those and read every single one every year. And if the speaker hasn't been very well received or if the attendees that we don't didn't have as big a take up for one class as we did for others, we would take all of it into account, as well as the data that comes back from the Members' Choice Survey, which is what you fill in once the proposal presents completed. And that all contributes to, um, to the programme for the next year and makes sure that we can improve year on year. So if somebody has a specific issue, then we would look to see if it was common again, you know, with anybody else. And then we'd look to improve that. So, and it seems to work, which is does, good. Does Lineup Ninja help to do those reviews also? Uh, no, we use, um, we actually use Google Forms to do the feedback. And then we've got a great piece of software called Certifyum, which um, is uh, has been game changing for us really. So what happens is the delegate completes the feedback or the evaluation and then they fill in their e name and email address on the evaluation form. And once they've submitted it, they then get a certificate emailed to them, which has the name on it, the class of the, or the session title, and their CPD code as well. So um, it kind of kills two birds with one stone. We get the evaluation, and then the member gets a digital certificate of attendance with their CPD code on because everything's linked to CPD continuing professional development, which is also very important to our members. So it works very well. And I have a question uh, about this, the surveys uh, or, or the, you know, the post-seminar questions. If there, is there like a, a single question that you could just ask? And is there a particular question uh, that... Like if there's one really important question to ask, is there like a critical one? Like, like, uh, you know, sometimes you hear like, uh, 
I don't know, people ask, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just, because I know you asked multiple, but is there one, like one key one that would, if, if I was going to do this, what, what questions should I be looking to ask? I think one of the ones that I find most valuable is would you recommend this session to a colleague? Because if somebody says yes, then you think, oh, well, that's really good. They'd recommend it. Because as you know, you get a lot of feedback verbally and people talk about things. And if they attended it and tell their team, their greenkeeping team, oh, my goodness, I saw a brilliant session from Michael Woods at PTME. If he's on next year, you must go. To me, that's quite a vital question. And if they say no, you think, hmm, why wouldn't they recommend it? So... There are a lot of questions that are vital, but personally, I find that one the most informative. I don't know about you, Sammy, what do you think? Um, I, it's been a long time, been a few years since I've looked at the uh, evaluation forms, I have to say, I've looked at the questions anyway. Uh, we look at the results every year. Um, I think it's probably around um, how valuable it was to them and whether they'll use it when they go back, um, back into the workplace. Um, because all of the learning um, we deliver is there to underpin their professional development. So knowing that um, the, the learning that they have had um, is something that they can take back into the workplace and actually utilize um, is, I think, is really valuable. A lot of the courses that we um, do are some of the ones that people don't naturally uh, want to want to do because they're the, they are the development ones. Um, it's around management skills and people skills, communications, presentation skills, all the things that as you move forward in your career, you begin to realize are utterly vital to your success. Um, when you see people that have um, potentially been working within the industry for 10 years and they're still going and doing um, an agronomic course and uh, a lot of the time you you kind of question and you know why why are you going to do that when actually what you're telling me is is that you need to be able to present your case better to your committee so actually doing a presentation skills or um, a report writing course would actually be of more value to you um, but I think as humans we um, we very much go into our comfort zone and uh, and that's what we see happen. Um, so Jeanette, who um, works works within our L&D team, um, who does all the sales, she's very, very good at talking to our members and saying to them, what is it that you're actually wanting to achieve? What are you wanting to do? How are you wanting to develop yourself? And she'll actually help them select some of the courses as well. And Deb and I do that as well if we get any calls from any of the members um, or uh, from course managers that are trying to help um, put together development programs for, for the members of their team. We'll um, sit and have a chat with them and say, well, you know, maybe they ought to be doing this, maybe they ought to be doing that. They'll get value from, um, from learning this skill and that will help them in their next step in their career. So, you know, we try to um, direct people away from their comfort zones because you don't learn as much if you're in your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, we tend to find a lot of people want to attend what they want to attend, not what they need to attend, which is where the CPD records are absolutely vital because they can look through it and look for gaps in the skills. So if, you know, they've done an agronomic course every year, like Sammy was saying, um, and they're progressing into a course management role, they maybe need to be looking at the people management skills and the, you know, your soft skills, for example, rather than going on another course about, fertilizers or uh, writing a golf course management plan so it's um yeah look at what you need not what you want <laughs> yeah i i uh i kind of i favor the grass and soil stuff myself uh, but yeah I, I can understand if if you're a greenkeeper or, or a course manager you need a wide range of skills and uh sometimes you can be really good at the grass part 
and it's nice to learn the latest updates about that because that's maybe what you're passionate about. But sometimes you have to do the hard grind and, and study about Excel sheets or data management or, or presentation skills. Uh, a lot of people, uh, even you know, people that I think they're very successful in the industry, they're very successful in their jobs. But when it comes to giving a presentation, they tell me, they're like, oh, I'm so nervous. I don't know how to put the slides together. And, and it shows when people are good at that or when, they're, when they haven't had so much practice. And it's not something that comes naturally, um, yeah. except to maybe a very few people. But to actually make slides that people want to look at and to stand in front of people and to talk about things, it's, it's not a natural. It's normal for people to be nervous about it. And that's a, a skill that takes practice. And I'm sure if you take a, a two-hour class or however long the classes are for that, and there's probably different options, um, but if, if you take that class, you're going to get a framework of here's, here's the steps that you need to do and here's what you do. And, and then the next time you do it, you'll be much, much better. Yeah. I mean, you know, presentation skills is a subject that is... Um, no, nobody ever wants to do a presentation skills course because it's like, oh no, they're going to make me stand up in front of people. And the reality is, is that the further on in your career that you go, you're you're standing up in front of people more often. You're doing things like this. You know, you're talking on you're talking on uh, webinars or podcasts, and it's all presentation skills is all at the, at the heart of that. Um, being able to stand up in front of your team every morning to give the team briefing. That's presentation skills. Um, you know, the, all of these things, it's not just standing up on a big stage and continue to learn and talking to, you know, 150 people. You might be talking to your, to your committee, and this is where it's really key, and you're trying to um, justify the requirement for new machinery for their golf course to make their golf course better than it can be. That is a presentation skills. That is a skill that as you move forward in your career, you need to have that skill if you are going to be successful. You know, so and I am sure that you could bring in the, you know, a hundred course managers and they would say, that's that's one of the key skills that, that I have had to learn. And I hate it but I've had to learn it and it's absolutely, it's a key, it's a key tool that I now have. That, that's good. Uh, and, and I appreciate you sharing uh, those two different answers uh, about the, the feedback um, when we're assessing these. And that's very good. Like, was this useful for you? And you, you might actually get a different answer because you might not recommend you might say this was very useful. This, this, this is something I can apply at my facility. If it's a, this is something I can take back with me if it's presentation skills. But maybe if it wasn't fun, you might not recommend it to your colleagues. Um, but it could be useful. So you could get some different answers. But I love the would you recommend it? Because the critical answer there is no. And, and if you don't recommend it, then it's like, well, maybe if you get enough people saying, I don't recommend this, well, that's not the kind of topic or, or presenter uh, or, or course that you want to be offering. So, yeah, that, that's, that's very good. Uh, Deb, I've got a question about CPD. That's uh, continuing professional development. And are those CPD points? Do you, do you have a, a – there's a Master Greenkeeper program. Is that part of – is that part of the Master Greenkeeper program? Um, the CPD is a part, of, a massive part of the Master Greenkeeper program, yeah. So anybody who is a bigger member, when you join up, you automatically get a CPD account created for you, which we encourage you to use from the beginning of your membership, uh, record everything that you do, and then it creates a lifetime transcript for you. So then when you're at a point in your career when you think, actually, I want to apply to be a Master Greenkeeper, I think I'm ready you can then use your lifetime transcript as part of your application process because you need 200 credits to, and you need 200 credits as a minimum to get through stage one of the Master Greenkeeper process. There are a number of other criteria that you need before you can progress to stage two, such as time served um, and um, 
number of years in charge of your current facility as well, but the CPD aspect is the building block and the start of the mastering process as well. So yes. Um, and if you know, if you don't want to be a master greenkeeper, that's absolutely fine as well. But it's still a very valuable tool and a very valuable record to have, um, especially for like continued to learn. So you can look at your skills, skills gaps analysis, see what you've got missing. Uh, you can then also use your transcript. You can use it in job appraisals. You can use it for job interviews. You know, you can show it to your course manager or your greens committee and say, look. This is how committed I am to my job. I've done X, Y, and Z all in my own time to progress my learning, make sure that I'm keeping up with the industry and trends. So it's it's a vital part of everything we do as CPD. We also have milestones as well, don't we, Deb? So why don't you talk about um, you know people that have achieved milestones and the different um, the different stages that CPD can provide you with. Uh, yeah, so when you first start out in the CPD programme, you're classed as active. Then when you get 60 credits, you're at approved status. And then 180 credits is a milestone, uh, which is a really good achievement. We have a lot of members who want to get their approved status. Once they get the CPD book, they then kind of think, oh, I want a milestone as well. So people get very into it. Um, we have one member in Scotland who I think has just achieved his 14th milestone. What so, was that, his 14th? Yes. So <laughs> that's, um, he's got over two and a half thousand CPD credits. He's like our biggest achiever because, and you know, he's just got a really good job at one of the top courses in Scotland, you know, because he's completely invested in his own development. So, um, so yeah, I mean, when you do get a milestone as well, you get a certificate presented to you at BTM at the biggest celebration on the Tuesday evening, and uh, you get your name in the magazine, and it's just something that they can, you know, people can do for themselves. It's not, you know, it's not a competition. It's not they're not trying to outdo the friend or the colleague. It's something that you do for yourself, and um, yeah, something you can achieve and you get your milestones, and it's a really good achievement. Wow. 14 milestones that's that's a lot of cpd points and yeah. speaking of cpd points is it do you do you give cpd points for outside events such yeah. as such as the sustainable turfgrass management in asia conference that the thai superintendents association is putting yeah. on from march four to six we're doing it's approximately one credit per hour of education so any bigger members that attend the conference or education would need to add it into their CPD account and put the number of hours that they attended. So and yes, anything anything educational to do with your turf, to do with the turf industry. Um, also networking, you can claim for reading uh, industry magazines because that's keeping up with your skills. You can claim for listening to podcasts or. Um, watching webinars because again it's all to do with learning and developing and making sure that your knowledge is up to date so you can claim for virtually anything you could even claim for um coaching say a child's football team because it's not relevant to your specific job but if you fill a personal learning statement and then reflect on what you're learning from it there's a lot of transferable skills from things like that in coaching and leadership um so yeah, you can pretty much claim for anything. As um, long, yeah, but but it's it's the fact that you're thinking about how that's related to your education, and then then that it, it's organized in that way. So if I listen to um, was that on the horizon with Henry Bachelet uh, yeah. and and Glenn Kirby, I, I believe. If I listen to their podcasts, can I get CPD points for that? Yep, you can indeed. You get a credit per, per podcast, or if it's a, a very long podcast, you get two credits. Well, yes. I should get two credits for that because they're always talking about tea and what kind of tea they're having this month. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now just one thing about the Thai conference. Uh, 
I've applied to the Australian Sports Turf Managers Association and got the program pre-approved for a fixed number of credits and also to the GCSAA, uh, and they've approved it for a fixed number of credits. Is this something that, uh, that would be useful for uh, any BIGA members that attend? Can we get something yeah. pre-approved? Or, or is this just something that people would fill out after they've attended the conference? Uh, no, you can get it pre-approved. If you drop me an email, uh, myself or my college net, we can assess the program create a pre-approved credit code and link and we can send that over to you which you can issue to delegates once they've attended nice i'm, I'm gonna do that so Brilliant. then i can do an update on our website and say that it's been pre-approved because we had we had a group of uh turfgrass managers from from uh a kind of, I, w- I won't give too many details details but it's a different country and they said is is this program accredited and and they want it to be uh, accredited to be able to um you know, it's approved by some outside organizations so that they can get uh, I, I think their their country's government actually gives some uh some support uh for their travel and attendance and and so it, i think it would be useful if we can get as as much um you know official it's not really an endorsement but just saying this is uh, an approved program for, for turfgrass education. Absolutely. Right. So, uh, thank you. Uh, you will be hearing from me shortly <laughs> about this. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so just, just remind me, what are the, uh, the dates of continue to learn and BTME this year? And then I'm going to ask, uh, Sammy about the, uh, the Bernhardt Academy. <laughs> so continue to learn runs from Sunday the 21st of January until Wednesday the 24th. January and um, Tuesday the trade show runs Tuesday the 23rd of January to Thursday the 25th of January. Okay, and you, all of the opening times can be found on the bigger website. Okay, and so uh, that that's Sunday the 21st yep. until Wednesday, Wednesday 24th. Okay, and and then the uh, Tuesday, Monday the 20th. The show is Tuesday to Thursday. Okay, and and the website that people can go to to get uh start to get links to all of this is bigga.org.uk. Is yes, and, that's correct. And then yeah. from there they can get links to BTME and to everything. Yes. Okay, yeah. brilliant. Well, I I'm going to be following uh from afar, but I have some friends that are going. I have a lot of friends who will be there, so uh I will hear some reports from them and uh, see see uh how it goes from afar. Maybe I'll be back in another year or two. If, Hopefully, if I can get I a, a, a program, a, a, yeah. a proposal. Approved. I will send you the link for proposal to present and you're more than welcome to submit something. Good. I and anybody we, listening to this, uh, if you see, see, see the problem is when people are voting on it, they don't know who's delivering the talk because you need to have a really good title. Um, because people are just voting on the titles of the talks, but they're not voting on the actual speakers. So yeah. that's maybe, it needs to be about the education, not a popularity contest for the speakers. Well, I'm going to put my name in all the titles. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Sammy, let's let's close uh, by talking a little bit about your upcoming role with the Bernhardt Academy. I, I know that the Bernhardt company has been so involved with education, at, at, but, but for me, uh, uh, as a, uh, you know, an American and then somebody who's been working in Asia, I see that as there's always the Bernhardt delegation that goes to the GCSA conference. And, and so I, I know that Bernhardt is supporting a lot of education that way, but you're going to be the director of the Bernhardt Academy from from a couple months from now or from next month or something. And what what is the Bernhardt Academy? What is that going to entail? So, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, uh, I start with them in April and as the education director, um, specifically for the academy. And um, the, the academy was launched in uh, 2019. Um, I was actually asked to open the academy, which was uh, which was a great honour, and uh, so my name is actually on one of the academies, which is quite exciting. Um, but 
really the the academy is there to enable people to develop to be the very best that they can be in their career um so the the ambition is to be able to um deliver education and training which will support the development of individuals to enhance their their both their personal and professional lives um stephen bernhard who is the owner of bernard and company um is very passionate about ensuring that um people have the skills that that they require to be able to um, look after their family and have um, have really good careers and uh, both pro and professional and personal lives. Um, so it's a it's something that is very close to to the heart of Stephen Bernhard and to Bernhard and Company, and it's also something that's very close to my heart having worked in learning and development and been encouraging people to develop themselves um, to enhance their careers. Um, we've done it through, uh, with Bigger, we've done it through a range of the, of the different um, initiatives that we, that we provide. Um, and I'm taking over um, from Craig Haldane, who has spent the last year immersed in the, um, in the Bernhard Academy and uh, building the foundations for it after COVID kind of put everything onto, onto a bit of a, a halt. Um, so I'm gonna be picking up the reins and developing on the foundations that Craig has built on uh, management skills and technical skills. Um, I also have a huge amount of uh, a huge number of ideas of how to um, move the academy forward to be able to offer greenkeepers and sports to professionals um, an array of development opportunities for themselves. Um, it's all sitting in a notebook at the moment, um, and when I finish with bigger in uh, in mid February, um, uh, having a six week break um, before. Um, putting on my new jumper as I see it. I'm going from a bigger jumper to a Bernard's jumper. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but uh, getting to stay within uh, this brilliant industry that, we're, that we all work in and uh, being able to um, spend that time thinking about how we can um, put together development programs and ways for um, the work that Bigger are doing. Um, and Bernard's can work together. So there's a synergy between the, the training that's available for, for people out there. So it's really, it's really exciting to, um, to be part of it. Bernard's and Bigger have always had a, a really strong relationship. And I think it's, it's based on the mutual respect of what each um, individual entity is trying to do. Bigger's trying to improve the life of, of uh, greenkeepers, making the world a better place for greenkeepers. And Bernard's are very much trying to do that as well. You know, they, they want everybody to be able to have, um, to be able to present the very best product that they can present and uh, they are very focused on that and on their um, how they work with their customers to to be part of their customers journey and to help and support them throughout their career regardless of um, of the club that they're at or the stadium that they're at you know they they work with the individuals um, to to enhance their careers um, and that's I think potentially sums up with how much I know about the academy at the moment talk to me in, a, in another six months and I'll yeah, be, uh, be giving you a lot more information <clears throat> yeah I, I, I would like to and I, and I understand you're the chief operating officer of big of right now and and it's a that's a full-time job obviously yeah. so um, you're not uh, not doing so much for the Bernhardt Academy right now I uh, but definitely the um, the big, the Bernhard delegation. Is it the Bernhard delegation or the bigger delegation? It's actually it's the bigger delegation. Oh, okay. uh, it's known as the bigger delegation. Um, it's often called the Bernhard delegation because Bernhards have uh, have supported it from um, from day one. Um, mm -hmm. It was um, 
my understanding, my recollection is it was actually a discussion between um, Stephen Bernhard and uh, previous uh, CEO of uh, Bigger um, that created this idea of bringing um, 10, of taking 10 um, up and coming or in, uh, current course managers out to the US to the to the GCSA conference and trade show um, and within that week they don't only go to the conference and trade show they they visit facilities they get behind the scenes at um, uh, really big golf courses that you know, a lot of people would never get the opportunity to to go and visit. They spend time with the superintendents. They do course walks. They um, go to. Um, they might go and do a factory tour, uh, a manufacturing plant. Um, this year, they're actually going to um, the training ground of the Chicago Cubs down in Phoenix. So you know, they they get to, they get to experience things that they wouldn't necessarily um, be able to arrange them for. Them themselves and um you know potentially would never have the finances to be able to uh, support themselves to go off and do uh, to have an experience such as this there's um there's 10 delegates or in each delegation so they are together for um for an entire week they live together they um they travel together they uh, do all their visits together they do their education together they spend time working on the bigger booth at the at the gcsaa show as well um so they're actually doing volunteering for for bigger as well and talking about their experience of being bigger members and what they get from it um and obviously they are representing um both bigger and bernhards and it's professional professional development and the networking opportunities that it brings. Um, we have seen many of the delegation um, move into different roles, um, and they will attribute that to the to the confidence and the um, networking experiences that they got from being part of the delegation. Um, it's it really is a it's a phenomenal trip and the investment um, from um, but specifically from Bernard's not just financially but the um, the use of their contacts that they that they bring to the experience for the bigger members is just phenomenal and I would say to anybody listening to this if you ever get the opportunity to apply for the bigger delegation you really should apply because it, it really is the trip of a lifetime um, that you would really struggle to recreate um, as an individual. Yeah, that, thank. that's a great explanation. And of course, I've not been on that trip, but I've heard the feedback from people who, who say it's like the trip of a lifetime. And it seems like they make lifelong friends sometimes from getting a chance to do that together. You know, yeah. I know taking an international trip and, and doing that with people in the same uh, field as you and, and then going to visit people from another country um, who are doing that and, and getting that behind the scenes look, it's, it's really something special. And, and if you look at the people who have been on the, that, uh, it's, there's a lot of big names, you know, who did that three uh, years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. It's, it, there's a lot of, uh, names that people will recognize. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, of international, uh, I'll kind of wrap up, uh, with, with a couple international related questions. Uh, First, about the the Bernhard Academy. Bernhard is is a English company based in rugby, I think. That's right. But they sell all over the world. They have customers all over the world. So the the Bernhard Academy must be uh, something that will be global eventually. Um, yes. So 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 offering some type of some type of training or learning experience to support turfgrass managers in sport in golf all all around the world yeah and, and can you share any details or is that just some should we talk about this six months or nine months from now <laughs> well i think i think what i can say from my from my current knowledge um is that there there are um academies in the uk across the uk there is one um in uh in the u.s and there is one in bangkok um, and they, 
the ambition is that there will be Bernhard Academies globally. Um, so if you are looking for education relating to um, to sports turf education, um, that the hopefully the Bernard Academy will be the first place that people will think of to 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 go and to approach to to see if we can help facilitate education. Okay, great. Let's let's talk uh, again after you've gotten into that role a bit more, and and I want to ask more detailed questions about uh, what what type of education people can get and who can who can get it and and uh, what language is this offered in and and all of that kind of stuff uh now for the uh let's see uh the international nature of continue to learn and and btme i, I forgot to ask earlier about how many countries uh will be sending delegates or, or will have representatives there Oh, blimey. We've got quite a lot. So we get a lot from the USA, Canada, Sweden, France, Switzerland, Norway, Switzerland, Austria, Slovenia, Spain. Yeah, we used to have people from Russia coming over. We don't now, but we used to do. Africa? Um, yeah, we have um, a tribal chief in Africa who's oh. um, got a really good relationship with Bigger, which is really cool. Um, just really all over the world. It's great. So maybe, yeah, because so you'll get from most countries in Europe and then uh, from from a lot of places. I, I remember when I was there, there were people from Ireland, from Spain, from Denmark, from the United States uh, that I remember talking with. And in fact, so this is my final question. I remember I bumped into some people from America. I met them in a pub in Harrogate in the evening. And I wanted to ask you if, if, if somebody was coming, let's say somebody's coming from New York city or something, and it's their first time to BTME, uh, which pub should they go to, to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to have a nice ale and also talk with, uh, with, or a logger and, and have a nice talk, uh, and some green keeping conversation with, with people. Uh, or, 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 Spoons, weather spoons is the main place that people go. I'm not entirely sure they serve nice ale, um, <laughs> but they serve ale. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's nice, but they, yeah. you can yeah. actually see the floor or the walls of bar in weather spoons and Harrogate during BTME. It's wall to wall greenkeepers talking yeah. about grass. It's yes. so is that weather spoons with weather an spoons. E? Yeah, Weatherspoons. It, it has its official name is the Winter Garden, um, but uh, it's a okay. chain of pubs in the UK called Weatherspoons, um, who are uh, known as Spoons. And um, yeah, Spoons in Harrogate is um, is the unofficial meeting place of greenkeepers outside the exhibition halls. Okay, but, but um, there, there actually are a lot of pubs in the... Huge number of pubs, yes. Christie's is also a very uh, popular one, very small pub near, near to the convention center. Um, then uh, there's, oh my goodness, so, so many to mention. There are a lot of bars in Harrogate. There's the Old Bell, which is very well known for its, if you're a real ale person, um, the, the Old Bell is uh, is a good spot. There's also the Cold Bath Brewery, which is right opposite the convention center. Um, there's a lot of microbreweries around uh, around uh, here now. So there's yeah, you're not going to be you're not going to be short of somewhere to find a beer, a greenkeeper, and a meal outside of the exhibition halls. So um, Harrogate's a very small town. Everywhere is walking distance. Um, you arrive. When you arrive, you park your car and you won't see your car until you're leaving again. Um, yeah. You will walk everywhere. And and I remember walking around town uh, and being surprised at how many signs were up that, the you know, BTME this way. Uh, yeah. And just like the town turns into a, a for, for for those five days, it's yeah. uh, it's really a, an event for greenkeepers. So it's just yeah. really special. Okay. Weather spoons is, is the place to go. Well, yeah, start there. Greenkeeping. That's, yeah. that's, and that's what makes me laugh. You go in there and you think, 
you know, as a, if you were a single woman and then you lived in Harrogate and you happened to walk into Weatherspoons the third week of January, you would walk in there and you'd go, oh my God, look at all these men. And then you'd realize <laughs> that they're all talking about grass and tractors. Yeah. And you'd go, oh, and you'd back out. And they all, <laughs> they all, they all go to work at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and and they, they won't go out beyond uh, 7 or 8 p.m. <laughs> at night. No. And they're obsessed with weather apps. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they have uh, a whole sheet of weather apps on, on their phone screen. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that that is great. Thank, thank you so much for that information. I, um, I am involved with putting the education program together for the Thai conference, and, and I like to... Uh, I, I speak at a lot of conferences, so I'm interested. I'm so interested to have that behind-the-scenes information from you about how you put together such a complicated, large, and superb uh, education program as part of Continue to Learn and BTME. So, thank you, Deb. Thank you, Sammy. I really appreciate you joining me on the show today. It's and a thank you. Welcome. And I will put the link to all of the relevant websites for Bega, for BTME, for Continue to Learn in the show notes and in the video description. So anybody who wants to see this, uh, make sure that you check out the, the show notes and you'll find all of that. And uh, for now, I will just sign off and say thanks everybody for listening, for watching. For ATC from Trong, Thailand, I'm Michael Woods. Bye-bye.